Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of SB Nation's podcast network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and joined once again, I should say as always, but I haven't always been here recently, but he has. He is, he's our, our, he's our foundation. He is the stable force that drives us. He is our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Told you, sons of bitches, I should have run for president. <laughs> so uh, we are recording this the night after the debate. We don't we don't talk politics here. Um, we didn't call it a debate. Call it just what it is, a shit show. I didn't watch it. I didn't pay attention to it. I just saw the reactions to it. All I have to say is, if you've already stopped listening... Or the interest... <laughs> <laughs> but okay. uh, but my wife did say, you know, she had it on for just a couple of minutes and she said it's, it's less a presidential debate and more a, a couple of school children, you know, trying to get the most attention. Yeah. But all I really the only reason like this podcast. Yeah, we yeah. I know <laughs> it, Todd's going to be interrupting me later. The commie pinko I, bastard that he is. I, I, Oh, I just introduced Todd, didn't I? Weren't you supposed to do that? We just talk breathe, about this. What's breathe, this episode going to be called? Shit show? Breathe. Shit show two? The only reason Shit that show. I mentioned. The last... bride returns. Son of shit show. <laughs> the only. Hey, Jimbo, you think you're pretty tough, eh? So, shit show, you are back. The only reason I mentioned is I just like to let people know what night of the week we're recording this on. So if big news drops on Thursday, sorry, we're not covering it on the episode. Anyway, yes, as uh, he has been informally introduced and now formally, Todd Wolverton joining us once again. Hello again, Todd, and my apologies for my par- partner in crime. <laughs> Hello, Greg. How are you this evening? I am. John? Uh, I'm sorry. How are you, Greg? I'm sad. I see You're John. Sad. I see John. I see he's he's rocking a goatee this week, and I can't help but think that that's what I'm going to look like in 400 years. <laughs> well, I can't get a good look at John. It looks like he has some paper ferret or something like that hanging on his shoulder. Uh, well, I I have a uh, I have a uh, pinched nerve in my neck, so I have an ice bag on my shoulder. Yeah. You know, John, you should have run for president, but you already did once, and you lost. I didn't lose. I did not lose. You did not lose? No, you I didn't were lose. Not for, three months, for three months, I didn't have to buy my own beer, and uh, the women were everywhere. That is true. That is we not all, losing. We that all benefited. 
We all benefited a great deal from your candidacy. It might have been the three best months of my life. <laughs> Todd, are, are you confused? Are you confusing John Johnston with Andrew Johnson? No, <laughs> no. Uh, John did run for ASUN president at the University of Nebraska, I think, in 1984. Probably. Um, he ran for the student coalition to undermine morality. Uh, that was the party. Um, Roger Aiden, Professor Roger Aiden at the University of Ohio, was his uh, campaign manager and speechwriter. I believe Kurt Klandrud was his uh, running mate. Uh, I think they were the first write-in party that ever was featured in the Daily Nebraskan. You and, forgot, uh, you forgot Dr. Jeff Beyer. I Dr. Ran for Jeff two, Beyer? I ran yeah. for two years. The first year they featured this, the second year they didn't. Well, I think, I think you actually did get second. You beat established parties. Yeah. Which was really pretty cool. And, we had some hellacious fundraisers. I can tell you, it, it, that was a hell of a good time. <laughs> so maybe, John, you have what it takes to be the president of the United States. Well, I, come, come on. This, how, how high is the bar? It's not very high. <laughs> I, I'm in, man. Just denounce you. everything. Denounce everything, and you are electable. I, a fucking horse named Ed would be electable. God. Okay. I'm sure that there's four people that are going to make it past this point because they're probably sick of hearing about this shit by then. But, uh, my, but what do we got, Greg? What do we got going on in this episode besides this uh, crap fest? Well, fella, I sure am uh, happy you asked that question. Let me tell you why. This week. Why? On the Five Heart Podcast, new breaking news as is dropping right now. Anybody who's anybody is in the Coronation Slack chat room talking about the number of antigen tests that uh, Big Ten teams are going to be allowed. And apparently, per Iowa, take it with a grain of salt because it's Iowa and they don't know how to count anyway. Uh, but no offense, Todd. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they've capped it at 170 tests per team. With uh, uh, rules in place saying that you can't purchase extra tests, and and uh, that goes for uh, players, staff, uh, personnel, managers, trainers, anybody who comes in contact with players. This is uh, per Iowa's team physician, Doctor Andy Peterson, uh, which he confirmed to Hawkeye Report. We're all reading this all at the same time in the Slack chat room. Uh, however, Nebraska already has agreements with. University of Nebraska Medical Center uh, are doing over 200 antigen tests per day, according to uh, Parker Gabriel from Husker Extra. Uh, this was broke by Mitch Sherman just a little bit ago while you guys were talking about uh, uh, student president candidate uh, elections of yesteryear. So, Is the Big Ten, I don't know, I haven't paid that close attention to all the protocols, but do Okay, so they if they're going to cap it at 170 antigen tests, is that daily? 
And then my question would be, does every person have to be tested daily? Could they spread yeah. those out? Yes. <coughs> I guess yeah, my question Capping daily why? antigen tests why? at 170 per team. Uh, and that programs cannot what's, purchase that. What's the point? Seriously, wait, why cap it at 170? What do they fucking care? Well, I think because Nebraska has 155 people in their football roster. That's exactly what it is. It's another because of the walk-ons. It's another what dig. The fuck it, it's is another that shit. Seriously, what? What? What is? We have the biggest fucking conference in the nation. We have more money than anybody else. We have more research money coming into the fucking Big Ten than anyone else. And they capped this at 170 because what? Because fucking people from Illinois can't go, they can't count past 170? Hey, Rutgers wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, time out, time Rutgers out, time can't out. can't afford anything? Hold I, on. What? Hold on. What I'm from Illinois. With doing 3,000 tests a day. If a fucking school wants to pay for it, I'm from Illinois, damn it, and I can clearly count past 170. As you know, you work for the athletic department. That's true. Okay, fair point. You, you get it? Why? What? What is the point of limiting the testing? I probably just tore some guy's ear off that was listening on his headphones. All right, so but my God, when I read this, it's kind of like, what is the point of this? What? Are, why are these people such? Fuckheads. All right. When so they don't have to be. I'm going to throw out one theory that I think you you brought up or at least touched on briefly. It is about money, and I don't know the cost of these tests, you know, but m they might have looked at at the cost of the test and the you know athletic programs or or the uh, the schools that have the least amount. You know, like like a Rutgers, perhaps that that are not as well to do as an Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Iowa, even at this point. And they say, well, you can only do X amount because that's all that Rutgers can do, or that's all that Illinois could do. You know, something like that. I, I don't know. They, they they might be trying to level the playing. I, again, I, I don't know. We literally found out about this five minutes ago. I'm just throwing. I'm just spitballing. I'm brainstorming here, John. I'm brainstorming. Well, let's take it from that perspective, and let's okay. say that maybe they wanted to keep everything even because the Big Ten is all big, one big happy family, and we all got to be equal in everything. They these are the people who are so concerned about their student-athlete health that they canceled football season way before they needed to and then brought it back because there were a bunch of gutless motherfuckers that didn't stick with their decision in the first place. No, no, Donald Trump. Donald Trump okay. single-handedly got Trump the Big Ten got back. It back. Oh, yeah. You were going with that. Can you shut up, man? <laughs> okay. These are the people that are so concerned about their student-athletes' health, they're going to worry about the cost of anti-gen tests. I mean, my God. It's, I get why maybe they want to equalize everything, but it really just looks like, uh, yeah, maybe I'm paranoid. Maybe I'm feeling a little neglected by my conference, but it really feels like it's a direct shot at Nebraska. Basically, by saying, uh, no, you know, we're going to provide this amount because other teams don't have as many walk on players and shit like that. 
I, I'd agree okay. with you, John. I think at first blush, it really does feel like this is this is directed towards Nebraska. But you know, okay, so now we're whining again. I think I think there's a conspiracy to put Nebraska in situations where they where they you know come across as whiners. Oh, Nebraska's whining about that now. Let's see what else they'll whine about. You know, that's bullshit. If, if they were sincere about the health and safety of everyone affiliated with the football program, they would never have had a conversation about a cap. They would have told football programs, they would have told every school in the Big Ten, you do what is absolutely necessary to keep everyone connected with your program safe and healthy. Period. That's, that's, it's a bullshit, ridiculous rule. You well, can only have five footballs a game because we can't clean anymore. This just in also from the Big Ten. Are they going to do that? Are they, they going to do that? Watch. What else could they limit? Four hours ago, Big Ten Conference announced that it has entered into strategic partnerships with BioD6 Incorporated and Quidel Corporation, probably not pronouncing them right, don't care, to provide comprehensive surveillance testing for SARS-CoV-2 for all student-athletes and staff personnel involved in close contact sport competition. So if they're providing, then maybe maybe they're providing 170 kits or tests daily uh, and – in order to, I mean, now I'm thinking that it's that's you know back end money because they these two companies in the Big Ten say, well, we we don't want you going outside of these two places, but we're only going to allow you to have 170 a day type of thing. Right, that's exactly what happened. So now you know, University of Nebraska, you don't uh, you're done with your medical center, you're done working with them, you're going to work with this company. So there you have it. Well, it's all there's about, discrepancies it's all about in the this. Benjamins. I'm sure it'll be, it'll be ironed out in that maybe they said that you could do past 170 if you go with other people. But uh, I don't know. I, the, all of this just seems goofy as shit. It does. John, it, it's we're – hey, look, man, 2020, it's a goofy as shit year. You know, nothing's yeah. nothing's been right ever since LSU won the damn national championship. Let's blame them motherfuckers. You have to. Coach O, it's your fault. I mean, no, I love we it. We can't blame Coach O. We cannot blame Coach O. I love New Orleans. I love uh, LSU, but uh, yeah, fuck them. Todd. <laughs> Todd. Somebody's Todd. got to be blamed, and Canada can't take all of it. <laughs> and I don't think I le- love Coach o. And legally, you're not allowed to blame Mexico. Uh, so Coach O's <laughs> got to go. Uh, look, you, Todd, you, you're not allowed to tell me how I, I'm feeling. Okay. In, okay, in, I, in, I won't. This I won't. is this is a podcast. This is a safe space, and I will not let you. Hey, you see right behind me? There's the door. If you don't like these rules, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't necessarily blame LSU, but you could blame Bo Pelini. He's back at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> and it really served them very well in their opener against Mississippi State when they lost. That guy no, sets records everywhere he goes. That, the, <laughs> the pirate was swinging his sword that day. You know, you guys are much better with some of the – remembering some of the history and stuff, but 
Leach was at Texas Tech, wasn't he, when Pelini was at Nebraska? Yes. This is not the first time that Bo Pelini would have had to right. scheme against yeah. Mike Leach. And, and, and Pelini actually usually defended him pretty well when he was at Tech. You, that's what I thought. I, that's what I thought. But I'll tell you what, um, I love Mike Leach. He is my favorite coach in college football. He's my favorite football coach, period, right now. Mike Leach is number one. Ed Ogeron is number two. And uh, the fact Lee showed those incredible, incredible. Todd. I'm sorry. Scott Frost is not my favorite coach in college football, Greg. What the hell? What the hell? There's the door, Todd. (laughs) Todd, you you go through the interwebs and out my front door right now. (laughs) Right turn, left turn. No, I don't care. I told you he was a commie, Pinko. It's a quiet neighborhood. <laughs> Probably hates America too, secretly. I'll be safe out there, Greg. When I do leave, I'll be all right. You know. it was well, a- you really don't care if you're kicking me out. <laughs> ah, you know what? I have a heart, all right? I do have a heart. What symbols on your underwear, Todd? Is it a sickle from Russia or the CCCP from China? You piece of shit. <laughs> so... um Elsewhere, there was more football played this past weekend, and Nebraska wasn't one of them. Thanks again, Big 12. I mean, Big 10. Uh, um, that's all I got. I know that there's a lot of people that are not watching college football right now because they can't gear themselves up because Nebraska isn't playing, and because Nebraska isn't playing, they're they're frustrated and they're uh, you know disappointed. And uh, But there was some damn good college football this past weekend. Boy, howdy, let me tell you. Uh, we went over, my wife, my boy, and I, to uh, my in-laws on Saturday afternoon. And everybody was out on the porch just visiting and such. And my son decided he wanted to go inside and find a snack. Because when you're a grannies, that's what you're able to do. And he was in there by himself for a good long time. And I thought, you know what? I should probably go inside and see what he's up to. And then I just sat on the couch and started watching college football. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they didn't bother me, and I didn't bother them. And it worked out pretty well. No, I thought there were some really good games. I, I, for the first time in a long time, it was nice just to watch, you know, college football and take in some games. I watched the Iowa State game. I watched the LSU Mississippi State game. Damn, Texas Tech couldn't hold on against Texas. That one pissed me off. But um, I did not watch Alabama. I will not watch Alabama. Fact. Uh, well, they're they're not affected. Kansas by COVID. State, Oklahoma, that was wonderful. That was just that was a great game. I, they were down by twenty one, and they were missing five defensive backs against an Oklahoma offense that should have torn them to pieces. So, I mean, when you look at this year, anything can happen because everything already is. Well, how bad? How? I don't know that I've ever seen an Oklahoma defense like I've seen the last few years. Yeah. I mean, Rotten Son watched that for with me for a while, and he kept saying that uh, Oklahoma is only half a team because they really don't need the other half. Well, they needed it last weekend, and they didn't have it, and it, it cost them. But that well, probably cost them, you know, cost the Big Twelve their shot at the college football playoff. And that's the thing, because that's that's been the M.O. of the Big 12 for years now is, you know, a bunch of high scoring games that because nobody knows how to play the defense, the defense, if you will. 
Or everybody's really good at offense. I don't believe that it can be just that. It it can't be that simple, John. There has to be some nuance in there, and that's that everybody's also shitty at defense. Yeah. Well, Iowa State is actually fielding one of the better defenses in the Big 12, so that kind of marks it up as, yes, the entire conference is shitty at defense. (laughs) Yes. Figure that's pretty good. (laughs) There's a lot of of, – there's quite a few NFL teams that have – made visits to Ames, Iowa to talk with, I think it's Coach Heathcock is his name. Apparently his schemes are fairly well respected. And the more of these wide open offenses that you're seeing show up and, you know, young coaches in the NFL, apparently what they're doing at Iowa State, you know, is at least getting some attention from from NFL coaches as far as how they play defense. You know, they play, I think, you know, basically – um, down linemen, and at times they have one linebacker and a whole bunch of defensive backs on the field. Yeah. It's like a three-six-five or something, something like that. It's like a three-six-nine. <laughs> damn good time. Three-six-five would be a four. That look, that's a rugby formation. That would be a rugby formation. <laughs> well, you know, and three extra players would make a hell of a difference. <laughs> but there, there was some damn good football. Uh, I watched. I watched for a while. I watched Miami, Florida State, because that game in the past, you watch that game for the fights, <clears throat> nothing else. And the defenses were always damn good because they always had incredible players. It, but did either of you guys watch that game? No, I did not. It. It. Florida State has to be the most fucked up really good program in the United States by a very long ways because, you know, it was sad to see Miami beat. I think the final score is like 52 to 10 or some damn thing. I don't know. It was in that range, but Florida state's offensive line once again, couldn't block a a middle school team. They were, it was, you can look at, like Alabama playing the Citadel and you can say, okay, well their offensive line at least makes an attempt or tries to keep guys from killing their quarterback, Florida state's offensive line. I swear to God, either they didn't try or I don't know what the deal was with them, but they don't, it's not like they have recruited shit athletes because, you know, I watched on Twitter, all the Knowles fans and on Facebook, all the Knowles fans replying to their Facebook forms and they're like, well, we got to get better players. Well, they they're in the hotbed of the United States for recruiting. Their offensive line players have not been recruited or not been rated low. They're just not, I don't know. It's a mentality with them. And it's been around now for a few years where they're just a, a loser bunch of uh, people that it, it was terrible. I mean, I didn't weep. I was upset that Miami crushed him that bad because, you know, Miami is back and all that shit. But it was uh, horrifying for the quarterbacks. <laughs> then, he, like you said, Texas Tech couldn't hold on to a lead. But uh, pretty good football. I was glad I sat down and watched some games. Yeah. I'd be watching them anyway. I watch, you know, 83 hours of football a week during college football season. Don't <laughs> talk to my wife. Or anybody else, but you bastards. And we're I, gosh I, darn happy for you, John. Yeah, it's how I got this way. <laughs> I I don't even know how to take that, sir. You know, 
not easily relating to the rest of society kind of oh, thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. What else you got, Greg? Well, I'm so glad you asked, John, um, because I have some things. <laughs> okay. He's got some things, Todd. I um, I forgot. What I don't know were. if I want to see his thing. Oh, easy slugger. I actually had something that was really important or impressive that I was going to bring up, and then I forgot about it. Well, here's another thing. Micah Parsons from Penn State has decided that he is not coming back. That's what it was going to be. You took the <laughs> and, words right uh, out of my mouth. He uh, he was – I think he – wasn't he a preseason Big Ten defensive player of the year and probably one of the best linebackers in the nation, once recruited yeah. by Nebraska – Went That's off right. to join those Penn State job molesting bastards over there. Well, I'm glad he's not back because it irritates a friend of mine that's a Penn State guy. Now we're going to kick their ass. He's about the only one of the studs that declared that isn't coming back, correct? I mean, the the receiver from Minnesota, I see that he was approved. Rondell Moore has announced that he's going to be back. Um, the two guys I, from Ohio State. The, yeah, we talked about that, I think, last week. The uh, big offensive lineman for Ohio State, he's coming back. Yeah. So it's, it's very odd, the timing, that when, you know, things are opening up and football is on the, on the horizon, that now he says, oh, nope, not for me. So he must know something we don't. Rashad Bateman is back officially cleared by the NCAA to play for the Gophers this year. So Tanner Morgan will have his fuck it, I'm going deep guy that he can just wheel back and throw the ball in the air. And Rashad Bateman will run underneath it and score and tear us all to hell. <laughs> Unless somebody gets to him before then. Whoa, easy. Well, I don't think, I don't think you're able to, uh, I don't think you're a- able to insinuate such things, John. Yeah, you know, they, meteors hit things all the time. You know, it's meteors. Didn't hit that fucking debate last night, but, you know, what the hell? I think we would have been the best thing for America. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I see none of you are disagreeing, and I'm no. guessing people, <laughs> the two people that have made it this far into the podcast went, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Could have, could have followed it up with two or three more meteors just to make sure. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, it's worth mentioning that the Husker women's bowling team got a nice new facility. Uh, I don't know if it's a locker room or what, but uh, kudos to them. They they are been, they have, along with the volleyball, of course, have been one of uh, Nebraska's more consistent athletic programs in recent years and uh, uh seems like they're always you know in competition for a national championship so uh well deserved well deserved i say it's about time they were rewarded for all of their success damn it you know i will say after looking at that locker room and like the baseball locker room, well every locker room that nebraska have is by god you'd better like red <laughs> Red had better be your favorite color of all time forever and every second of your moment of your life after being in those locker rooms, you're infected with so much red. You don't even have to put on rose-colored glasses. It's just there already. (laughs) 
I agree. What else you got, Greg? Keep feeding us. Come on, you're doing a good job. I feel like it, it, you wouldn't go to Nebraska if red wasn't a top three favorite color. Am I right? Wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, for, for, from especially no, I mean, Terry, from especially from an athletic standpoint, when you're getting you know like shirts and you know sweatpants and you know flip flops and socks, all that other stuff, they're pretty well going to be on brand. So if green is your favorite color, followed by blue and yellow, there's probably other schools for you. Well, if you listen to the Oregon theory, then that makes a lot of sense. You know, Oregon Oregon decided we're going to change our recruiting philosophy. We're going to have wild uniforms and a lot of them, and, and uh, they're going to uh, uh, recruit from the perspective that those players are going to get a lot of, uh, lot of swag. Um, so, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Uh, well, you know, I should mention that I, I did attend a uh, presser this week via Zoom. Oh, yes. In which, uh, let's see, uh, Deontay Williams, JoJo Doman spoke, uh, Eric Chenander, Travis Fisher, and uh, Mike Dawson. And I didn't do a story on it because I'm a lazy sod. But uh, I don't I don't know if there was anything really revelationary or revolutionary or amazing set out of it. Let's see. I, Actually, I have my notes up here from it. Uh, if I can pull them up, you'd think that uh, people would plan a podcast better than this. Well, no, people people expect people expect this from us. Uh, it makes them feel part of the show. I'll throw one thing out that I, I read about that conference. I didn't I didn't uh, pay any attention to it until the, the uh, articles came out. You but. didn't read about it on Coronation.com, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> because the guy who attended didn't write an article. But oh, he, son know, of a bitch. Fisher I got all this knowledge about. in my back pocket. I tell you what, all the rest of the Nebraska media got to see my dorm room on video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, most of the rest of them have these lame nothing because they're living on these media sports writer salaries. Did they you see know? your robe? Did you wear your robe? No, I did not wear the robe. I did not wear the robe. I thought about it, but then I thought, okay, well, you know, I need to look at least somewhat professional and I kind of blurred my face a little bit so they didn't see the Ted Kaczynski goatee I'm trying to grow well hey time out I also have a goatee mine yeah well yours isn't Ted Kaczynski like thank you I just wanted to clarify I'm trying to be I'm trying what I want to do is grow a goatee so I can uh plastic surgery get pointy ears and then I can be evil Spock and uh, take over the galaxy. Anyway, uh, let's see. Jojo Doman. I mean, you know, they every everybody had to ask them what their reaction to the schedule was. And uh, even though we're kind of past that part, but you know, pretty much every coach and every player that was asked about it had the same answers. I mean, you know, to be the best, you need to play the best. And you know, the coaches were like, well, I don't think about the schedule. I don't worry about the schedule because I don't control the schedule. So, you know. I believe Jojo Doman said, to be the best, woo, you've got to beat the best. Uh, I don't think he did that. He says something about uh, uh, jet flying, limousine riding, uh, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, Rolex wearing, son of a gun. Yeah, I did. I didn't know. John, I hate you. Nate would appreciate that if oh, you were. Uh, Haas would appreciate guys, that if you were. One of the media guys, 
which will rename may remain be nameless. <laughs> He's uh, for you asked, to say. Uh, asked Travis Fisher. Fisher, good God, <laughs> Travis Fisher. I'll slow down. One of the Nebraska media people who shall remain nameless asked Travis Fisher, our defensive backs coach, I believe, about whether who's the guys on the receiving core that are the hardest to cover now. Travis Fisher did a damn good job of not giving up a damn thing by saying, you know, we got a bunch of really good receivers where last year basically we had like one or two guys that their own defense had to cover. Now we have six or eight of them. So it was very, he was, it was a very good political diplomatic answer and uh, really gave away nothing about, it was a nice quote, but it really gave away nothing about who's some of the better receivers. Because I'm sure if Travis Fisher would have said, yeah, we hate covering Omar Manning, the receivers coach would have said, what, what the hell? Yeah. You, you know what? I'm going to talk about your fucking players when my press conference comes up, <laughs> shithead. What do you think of that? <clears throat> uh, one of the questions, I didn't ask any questions. One of the questions that I, I really wanted to, um, well, somebody did ask it again. One of the Omaha guys asked, you know, what's it like for 10 months without pads and are they going to be ready to play by the time uh, the season comes around against Ohio state because, you know, as you know, I did that podcast interview with the biomechanics guy and it takes them a while to get into football shape, you know, otherwise we're going to see more injuries. But uh, <clears throat> the coaches actually talked about how they they had to do a lot of Zoom meetings, and it was much more difficult doing this uh, in because of Zoom meetings, and they tried to teach them like defense and stuff and teach them uh, techniques apparently through Zoom meetings, which sounds horrible. You know what I mean? I, I can understand. I could see how you could teach somebody, I don't know, linear algebra through a zoom meeting, but not uh, how to cover a Omar Manning at a receiver spot in a slot or something or in the outside, you know, I don't know how you do that. Uh, Eric Chenander talked about recruiting difficulties. And I think that we all know that one of Nebraska's biggest problems is getting guys on campus and he talked he talked for a little while about this and he talked about the fact that he felt like Nebraska is a special place and but you can't get people to realize that without seeing it in person and now because of covid people can't travel as much and it's harder to get people on campus and it's harder to expose them to the culture or the environment and i put that on twitter and i immediately got two three guys that were very triggered by it saying other programs can recruit big time athletes and nebraska state stop making excuses and it's kind of like it was you know what it is a problem it is a problem if you can't have a spring game where we have 80,000 people and other programs have 10 people not 10,000, <laughs> 10 people, you know, or, or the honest, I, I feel that way about Nebraska, but it's my home that it is a special place and not the kind of wear a helmet special place. Cause you know, <clears throat> is that derogatory? Is that insensitive? It, it might be. Okay. Well, I, I'm insensitive and derogatory. There you go. 
but uh, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens long-term with this recruiting and how much the virus continues to affect programs. Um, num, num, num. I don't know. There was a lot, you know, it was a lot of talk. I admire the fact that uh, the, the media guys who do this for a living can take bland coaches answers and write them into articles. Because <laughs> they're the same fucking answers all the time. You know what I mean? If you ask a coach a question, he's pretty much going to give you the generic response. Because if we, you know, if he, you ask a question and he actually tells you what he thinks, then people get angry at them for saying what they think. Like if, you know, like if Scott Frost comes out after a game and says the entire offensive line didn't play well and I don't think they have any heart, people are like, well, he's throwing his players under a bus. Okay. He gave you an honest answer and you kicked his ass for it. So, you know, that's why we get the answers we do, the questions we do and the answers we do. But I do, I do have to say, I, I respect the media guys for working with, uh, you know, generic questions and generic responses most of the time. Neither of you said, will you shut up, man? No, that was, that was, a, that was a terrific summation of, uh, of the press conference earlier in the week, sir. Thank you. Now I need some water. Well, you don't, we're not taking a break. So you're on your own. You, you don't get, you don't get any damn water breaks today, Johnston. Oh, so it, uh, shows what I know. Um, and early he's decided he's getting water. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate because that I was going to go into a topic that was football related, that was mental health related. It was going to be right up John's alley, and in the meantime, we have an empty chair. So, Todd, what have you been up to this past week? Oh, I've been uh, from a sports standpoint, um, just seeing more of you know. I guess I tune into the high school scenes quite a bit, and. Um, High schools are really struggling from week to week. You know, um, every I, I'm still on a, a number of email lists and different uh, tweet, Twitter groups and that kind of stuff. And um, schools scramble because, you know, teams announce that they can't play that. Uh, you know, I just saw some stuff today from a conference I used to work in where one of the school, well, uh, against Nebraska's top recruit, Fedoni, from uh, Lewis Central, the mm-hmm. team that's supposed to play, play Lewis Central Friday night, just announced today that because of a COVID outbreak at their school, they've canceled the game against Lewis Central Friday. Um, but that's that's happening. It seems like it's happening more and more, right. um, both in Iowa and in Nebraska. Um, so it's, I don't know. I guess I, I sit back and I think, I guess they're playing when they can. Maybe playing a game here and playing a game there is better than nothing. Um, well, and, and even, know, I, I mean, I don't know. We, we think of this as, you know, like a young person's problem, you know, and, and high schoolers don't know how to be responsible or, you know, college kids don't know how to be responsible or whatever. But you can have as many protocols and precautions in place. But I, I think it was just announced earlier today that uh, the Titans, Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers game for this Sunday was off postponed however because of uh and i don't even know if outbreak is the right word but because of too many positive uh, test cases whatever at the in within the titans 
uh, you know, program. So, it, it, you know, these, these are, you know, many of them, not all of them, certainly, but many of them are multimillion dollar professional athletes. You know, obviously, uh, at, at the very least, they're making the league minimum. And I mean, shit just happens. And I think the biggest thing for people to understand is, yeah, while we don't know everything about this virus, it's it's clearly not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So we just have to learn to live with it and, uh, you know, assume the consequences as, as they would happen, same as you would, you know, getting on an airplane, getting behind the wheel of a vehicle, uh, doing meth, whatever it is that you do, you know, there are consequences to everything in life. Well, you know, I'm glad you kind of, you mentioned that because, you know, I, I did pay attention to that today because both the Titans and um, the Minnesota Vikings, who the Titans played, you know, they both shut down completely, shut down all football operations. Mm -hmm. And then the big debate was, well, what about the Titans game this weekend? And, you know, I think it was five, maybe, maybe, I don't know, five players, four or five players. And then the rest of them were, were team personnel. Um, they can't practice until Friday. Yeah. And really, NFL, you're going to make that team play on Sunday or maybe move their game to Monday night? I would. As, as, as a Steelers fan, uh, probably just best to have them all sit out, period. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I understand that. And, you know, they're even talking about moving it back later in the season, moving a Steeler game in week whatever. Right. So that they can play the Titans that week. And I'm, holy crap. I mean, I don't know. It, it, and I don't know. I think it becomes a slippery slope. But if, if your team, and again, I, I'm not saying that precautions weren't, you know, taken or protocols were in place and, and, you know, everybody was being responsible, but shit happens. You know, you can, yeah. you know, the, the CDC changes its mind. Like my son changes its underwear about, you know, how, how you can contract this virus. So you can do everything right. And lo and behold, you're still going to have it. But, but so I, I, I say, you know, the, the offending team, do they just be like, oh, well, that's a loss. You're just going to forfeit that game so as to not disrupt the rest of the schedule. I mean, clearly that doesn't appear to be that that's the way that, that uh, the NFL is, is, you know, taking it. But I don't know. You're, you're trying to throw another team's entire schedule in jeopardy over something that, you know, they have no control over, you know, and, and, and they did, every, you know, I'm not saying they did everything right, but they don't have, you know, the four, you know, cases or whatever the, whatever that maximum allowable to still be able to play football is. I don't know. Well, and, and the thing that kind of got me about what I was listening to there, well, it will have playoff implications. You know, it's going to, you know, if we do this, it's going to have playoff implications. Well, sure. And I'm sitting here thinking playoff implications. <laughs> I mean, you know, I understand the NFL is, you know, it's big business. They've gone into this and they've said, we're going to play our season. We're going to play the season out. But, you know, I'm thinking as a Nebraska fan, as a college football fan, you know, there, you know, what that came out this week, that there's not going to be any um, requirements for bowl games. You know, the, the criteria to, to go to a bowl game off the table this year, I'm sitting here thinking, bowl games? Who the hell wants to go to a bowl game? And, and then and if we have our, John, what is it, 36, 42 bowl games, whatever there are, are all of those games going to be played? Are those bowl committees? And then 
what about the finances for that when they make member schools or, you know, the schools that are going sell tickets? I mean, are you bowl games? Practice? God, God. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> well, number one, you went on for a while and I didn't even tell you to shut up, which means that we must be more civil than other people. But I was gonna, I was gonna say, have either of you watched the Minnesota Vikings play football this year? You're not missing anything by just calling the game. My God, they should just shut down anyway. They fucking pile of dunk. They maybe they can beat Detroit, but I don't know. And I, you know, they started out the season getting a whooped up on by the Packers, and uh, that was the first time this whole year I kind of since like March I felt like the things had gone back to normal. You know what's yeah, a, the bowl games, Todd. I mean, yes, we're going to have bowl games because guys who do PR for companies and wear blazers that no other human being would ever wear in their lives have to survive this. They have to go on. If they don't go on, they're going to mingle with the rest of the human population and spread their shitty wardrobes and bad ideas to the rest of humanity, and humanity will fail. Greg, I see you have your hand raised. Would you like to uh, join in here? I would love to, uh, sir. Thank you. I think now's a, a perfect opportunity to uh, drastically reduce the number of bowl games because, let's face it, bowl season has become a bloated mess. Don't look at me like that, John. It's bonus football. That's what it is. All right, but if you know, I watch Mississippi State play Citadel or some goddamn team. Then don't watch it. No, I don't want to watch. By the way, I didn't. I didn't want to watch TV to me. I didn't want to watch Alabama play Citadel the week before the Iron Bowl two years ago. So you know, because that's how that's how they schedule things down in Ashley Shea Country. <laughs> well, I you know what? One of the most rewarding things about bowl season is watching people have to pretend that they're happy to be in El Paso for the Sun Bowl. Just watching those people act out their lives and going, God, are we going to get shot by people anytime soon? It's a, it is a whole God, cockroaches the size of bread boxes going to invade us and eat our bodies like them little scarab things in the mummy. Because those are possibilities in El Paso, wherever you go. Do you know something about El Paso that I don't, John? What? Do you know something about El Paso that we don't? Have you ever been to El Paso? Uh, no. Have you, Todd? Uh, no, but my dad has been to the Sun Bowl at El Paso. When Iowa State played LSU back in 1970-something, something, something or other. Who won so, that game, Todd? Uh, LSU won that game. That's unfortunate. Moving on. Yeah. Tell me more about El Paso, John. It's a great place there for the Sun Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Is but, it... Uh, okay, let's you, seriously... John? Okay, let's take on Shreveport. Shreveport. No, stick with El Paso. Are you going to – the University of Nebraska is going to load up 150 football players and everyone else in this shitty situation that we have and truck them down to El Paso just to play in a damn bowl game? I mean, it couldn't couldn't be any worse than going to New Jersey. Three extra weeks of practices. Three extra weeks of practices. Mike Dawson – our, one of our coaches actually brought that up in the press conference that not having the bowl game so they can have those extra practices 
has been a has been detrimental to the football program. And when I say detrimental to the football program, Todd, I'm talking about the heart and soul of people who are Nebraskans, whether they're native or decided to immigrate their their love to us. John, I agree with that. I get that. But I'll tell you what. If it requires <laughs> It requires 3,000 people to truck their asses down to Shreveport to play in some meaningless, shitty game. Well, and look, let's, let's face the facts. There are 3,000 hardcore enough Husker fans who would show up at any of these bowl games just because, like, damn it, we were robbed of the non-con and we got to go get that extra football game in. Well, I Garrett, you're right. I'll tell you what, if if uh, if Nebraska made a bowl game, Todd's going, and he's buying. He's pay, he's taking all of us with him. If if it's the only game all year that Nebraska fans could actually go sit in the stadium and watch, you damn right, three thousand, fifteen, twenty, thirty, thirty-five thousand. There'd be a hell of a lot of Nebraska fans that would go and watch a game. Stay able to watch. Well, here, here's the thing about that. In, in all seriousness, you brought up the fact that they forced the schools to buy tickets at face value and they, they have a loss because of that. Now, maybe this gives us the chance to reexamine the bowl system and how what a kind of a sham it is when it comes to the universities that are going to go play in these things. That they're spending way too much money on my obviously if they have bull games they're probably not going to let a fans come in unless it's in florida then nobody gives a shit because you know they want to kill how do the games make any money? money how yeah. do those games just tv money is that how they're yeah espn owned yeah i mean how many of those bull games does espn flat out own you know most of them how many of them are on any other channel but espn almost none who watches all these bowl games I do, Morons. because I love college football that much. And if it had gone away this year, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> this, is a, this is a very special episode of the Five Heart Podcast. It's a very emotional time for all of us. In football season, tomorrow is October, and football season will be only be three weeks away. You know what, John? It's odd that I know that there's a little sarcasm in, in what you just said. But our next topic is very serious. I, I would I really like you to treat it with uh, some dignity and respect. My mic is on mute. <laughs> no, th- because for no, no, this is serious because for much of the summer, John, in your post life crisis uh, podcast, you've been talking with experts of, of various fields about the pandemic. About you've spoken with a virologist, uh, spoken with. Um, Epidemiologist. Uh, epidemiologist, thank you. And you've spoken with a, a mental health expert. And while it's not necessarily pandemic related, uh, have you guys been reading uh, the series on Huskers.com, the uh, In Our Voice series? And if so, did you read The Healing Mentally by uh, Diedrich Mills that came out uh, last week, earlier this week? Can't tell. I yeah. confess I have not. Well, I mean, it talks about, you know, his failed, you know, what happened with him at uh, Georgia Tech being in, uh, you know, kind of the, the man of the family. And, and I'm, I'm, I read it, but it's been a week. Uh, so, you know, it's just, uh, talking, uh, 
you know, about his time at uh, Garden City uh, Community College and how grateful he is, how how he uh, uh, got to Nebraska. Because you actually talked, correct me if I'm wrong, John, with a sports psychologist at one point. I did not know. I just the uh, psychiatrist from UNMC. I, I think you, uh, the bed, the Cobcast guy. Cobcast really it. Right. I'm having, I'm having the you, wrong conversation. You love them more than us. You son of a bitch should have remembered that. You're right. I should have. Uh, but anyway, um, the, the, the benefit is that, uh, Mills has benefited greatly from being, uh, on campus. Uh, you know, their, his story is unique to him, but, there's a common thread about how, you know, and it's something we talked about going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic is, you know, you're going to send a lot of these, you know, college age kids, these student athletes back to, you know, their home area where it might not be the uh, the best environment. It might not be the healthiest environment, both from the pandemic standpoint and also, you know, in, in uh, Diedrich Mills case, uh, you know, he benefited greatly from being on campus, talking with a sports uh, psychologist and it, you know, it's just, it, read it. If you haven't yet, check it out, huskers.com. I'll actually post the link on uh, on Coronation. I'm sure it's made the rounds on social media, but check it out. It, it's worth a read. That goes for you too, John. Okay, I'll read it. Okay. You know, I, I, I do agree with the fact that the players are a lot better off being on campus, being together as a team. Um, I, I, I think that's the case for all of the sports, you know, um, absolutely. Um, the, they're going to have better control over the environment, uh, even though it's not a bubble, even though they're college kids. Um, you know, uh, I know Notre Dame had a flare up with, you know, at a, one of the first meals they've had since they started with football this year where they had everybody together and that's where they believe the spread took place. But in spite of that, um, where, from where a lot of these kids come from, I, I think the best spot for them is on campus. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I thought even if, even if the big 10 didn't play this year, they needed to figure out a way to keep those student athletes in Lincoln, you know, moving forward. Um, get them with the academic folks as well, keep them progressing that way as well. Um, and, you know, Nebraska hasn't, the Big Ten hasn't played a game yet. Hopefully they get to play a game. Or hopefully they play games. Hopefully they play their seasons. Um, I think once they start the season, unless an individual school, you know, can't play on a given weekend, I think that the whole season's going to be played um, once they get out there. Um but you know, there's there's a there's a lot of ground to cover between now and then, and um, I just I don't know. Well, I think like everything else, you got to take it one day at a time, and and what will happen will happen. Well said, Todd. Well said, gentlemen. I think we've had just about enough fun for this week. I'm exhausted. Before we go, emotional doubt. I don't have any more emotions to give. I I think (laughs) I think I think my favorite John is is a a old lady in distress. John, old Southern lady in distress. I don't have as he clutches his rope. I just don't have any more emotions to give. 
Well, we'll we'll see her again, I'm sure, when football season starts. Oh, probably after the first game. By the way, <laughs> if we we need to uh, definitely mention the shirt that John is rocking tonight for Through These Gates, and it is uh, a documentary made by our friend Ryan Tweedy, of course, of Cobcast fame. Check it out, uh, huskerfilm.com. And uh, you can also, I think, get it for free if you join the Cobcast Patreon, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Um, go, just go tweet at Big Red Cobcast, and that's enough shilling for them. I don't know if they ever shill for us. Yeah, they fuckers. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode. Todd, any parting <laughs> words of wisdom? No, I'm just, uh, I'm getting excited about... Um, you know, the next few weeks and, and um, looking forward to seeing Nebraska on the football field. Um, I guess uh, I'm not going to, I'll save my confessions for the next time. How's that? You have confessions. <laughs> I, I think I may have to turn in my Nebraska card. Oh my God. And we have to wait. <laughs> John, what day is my daughter getting married? Oh, God, you just, we'll leave it for next time. It's Halloween, isn't it? No, just yeah. let's do the outro. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fine. I, did, I didn't know that. All right. Uh, so. You're so slow on the uptake sometimes. My God. <laughs> for, wow. our, for our esteemed guest, as always, Todd Wolverton. Our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. My name is Greg Mahochko, thanking you for joining us this week and reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. Granny John? I wasn't going to go with that voice. Go Big Red!